Well, it's great to be with you this morning. Um, this morning we're going to continue our series and we're going to be talking about vision. Now, not um, some of you might be getting excited. We're not talking about vision, the Avenger. Not the, the guy, but vision and what it means for us here at church. Vision is a picture of what we want to be. And for us as a church, it's a picture of what we think God wants us to be. And the strategy or the doing is how we get there, right? So when we talk about vision, what is it that we want to be here at Raymond Terrace Community Church? We want to be, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, a body of believers that makes, matures, and multiplies disciples. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Last week was a, an eye-opening encouragement um, to me as to what it is to make disciples. John and Janet are making disciples in a very different and possibly even hostile culture. And yet, they can happily sit with us on a Sunday morning now knowing that their church is continuing without them. What a blessing. After so many years of hardship and toil, that they can step away and know that they have made disciples who, even in their absence, will gather together around the Word of God. So, we need to make disciples, as we heard last week. But we also need to mature disciples. That's what we're going to be looking at today. But what does maturing disciples actually mean to us? Now, is it like maturing cheese? A maturing hairline? Or a maturing investment? What is it? What does it mean to mature disciples? Let's look at God's Word and see what it says about being together and being mature. If you've got your Bibles, and you should. It's not funny, Marty. It's the truth. You should have your Bible here at church. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start reading at verse 1. It's going to be up on the screen. I'm reading from the ESV. In my Bible, it's titled, Unity in the Body of Christ. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. 
And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with, with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So maturity, this passage talks about unity and maturity. And because they've been brought together in Scripture, I think it's because it's a picture of us being brought together to develop maturity. There's a relationship there between unity and maturity. Now we're going to focus on the second half of this passage today and look at maturity. Why do we need it? Well, this passage gives us a couple of reasons as to why, why we need to develop spiritual maturity. We need it for our protection. We read through verse 14. Why do we need maturity? So that we may no longer be tossed to and fro by the waves like little children. I have a distinct memory when I was growing up. I grew up close to the water, so we were always playing with boats and in and out of the water and pools and everything else. I was quite comfortable in the water. But I remember the first time, I think, that we went on holidays to the Gold Coast and I met the waves. (laughs) I remember being pummeled and rolling, just being able to stand up on my feet for the next one to come and pummel and roll. I can't remember how old I was, but it's a distinct memory I have of that real sense of loss of control. Uh, where everything outside of me was just too much. So when we look at maturity, we say, do we want to be like that? Do we want to be like children that are tossed by the waves? I'm not exactly the immovable object these days, but I'm pretty close. (laughs) I don't tend to have the same problem these days when I walk into the ocean. Some of it's wisdom. I know when to duck, I know when to dive, I know when to stand side on. I don't know which waves that I'm bigger than, but I can just stand firm. That's part of being mature, isn't it? You, you know and you've experienced more things. So we don't want to be like children tossed to and fro by the waves. We want to be able to stand firm on our own two feet. We don't want to be carried about by every wind of doctrine. Now today, certainly with social, well maybe not today, maybe last week on social media, you could access lots of things. You can access a little bit less today, thank you to Mark Zuckerberg. But um, social media, there are so many ideas and ideals that are presented in full or in part. Some seem truthful, some seem good. But are they? Are they complete? Have they been tested? Quite often, we are being deceived. 
We need to be able to, as we stand on our own two feet, discern what we're allowing into our minds. To be able to test what is true and what is right. Now, some schemes are intentionally deceitful. Um, We don't get them too much anymore, but 10 years ago at school, we used to get letters quite often, or emails, electronic letters, they call them. Hello, I wish you good tidings. I have a problem that I'm asking for your sincere help. I have an estate of a friend. It contains $5 million, but we have no way of dispersing the funds. Can you help us by providing your bank account? Okay. (laughs) Set up a rule for those ones and get rid of them quick smart. But these are the type of things there are people that are intentionally trying to deceive and trip us up. And that just doesn't happen with, um, you know, email schemes to try and defraud you. It happens spiritually as well, where people are trying to deceive us and leading you to believe that if you do something for God, this is what you will get. Be like this, do what we do, and God will give you everything you desire. It's false. It's downright false. And yet, it is all around us. So we need maturity for our protection. But we also need maturity so that we can fulfill our purpose. Verse 15 says, rather, or instead of being bashed around like children in the waves and carried off like a a kite in the wind, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Speaking the truth in love. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But sometimes I think maybe we don't always quite get it. Here's a quote I came across this week. It says, Jesus was full of grace and truth. A reference from John 1. And the quote says, Grace and truth come together in Christ. They're not in tension. They don't need to be balanced. You cannot have one without having both. If you think you have one without the other, you don't have either. If your thing is kindness and grace, but you never stand for hard truths, It's not biblical grace that you embody, but something counterfeit. And if your thing is truth, but you lack grace and kindness, it's not biblical truth you are driven by, but more likely a love of being right. It's hard, isn't it, to apply this uh, in our own lives on a regular basis, speaking the truth in love, being able to stand up, for what we know is right and true, but actually doing it in a way that doesn't destroy relationship, but actually strengthens it. And as we speak the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Christ. Now, that's no small task, is it? Very short paragraph with a um, very large application. But that's what we're called to do. 
Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. And we need to grow up into the body that is this, the gathering of believers, so that when each part works properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So we have maturity for protection and maturity for purpose. But how do we get this maturity? It's one thing to say, yeah, I, I want to be mature. I want to get it. I want to chase after it. How do we get it? I think there are four things we can do to help us, when I say us, collective church, build maturity. And the first one is, now this might seem a little left field, bear with me, embrace immaturity. But don't be satisfied with it. We tend to look at immaturity negatively, don't we? You know, someone does something that's immature, and we tend to look down on them and judge and say, what are they doing that for? They should be past that. They should be over it. But instead, we need to be looking at immaturity as an opportunity for growth. Now, my little friend uh, Emily's not here today. Emily Inwood, she might be at home on TV. I might be on TV. I'm better friends with her on TV in real life, apparently. <laughs> she likes me a bit better on the TV than in real life. But she's, what, pushing 17 or 18 months now. And I was just thinking about, you know, this uh, concept of an opportunity to grow and embracing immaturity. We look at beautiful young children and they don't know everything, they don't do everything right, and yet when they crawl, we cheer. When they learn to stand, we have a party. And when they walk, we let the whole world know. Yeah. When they discover the texture and pattern of a leaf and are amazed by it. When they find a, uh, the pile of pot and pans and a, a wooden spoon and go to town on them. So we're all smiling because we know how beautiful it is, right? Yeah. That they're discovering and growing. And yet, when we look at someone or we meet someone or we see someone who might be spiritually mature... Why do we not have that same reaction? That Oh, look, they've picked up the pots and pans. That's not what you do with them. This is how they work. They're not used for banging. They're used for mixing and cooking. The same way that we um, are overjoyed by young children learning and growing new things, we need to take that joy yeah. and apply that to those who are young in the faith. We need to look at spiritual immaturity and say, it's great. It's not great that you made that choice, but it's great. Here's an opportunity for you to learn. Here's an opportunity for you to grow. Let me help you with that. Yeah. Let me show you. In love, in love, God 
and walk with our brothers and sisters. We need to walk with them through these areas of immaturity. Now, these are areas of immaturity that we can see that they may not be able to see in themselves. But we need to walk with them through that to help them back up when they fall down, make mistakes, make poor choices. But there's a flip side to that. It's easy to sit here and you're probably even looking around the room in your mind, compiling a list of everybody's failings and immaturity. And as we love people and guide them and walk with them through that, we need to look at ourselves as well and allow others to love us, to help walk with us, to help walk with me through the areas of immaturity in my life that either I can't see or I don't want to change because I'm too comfortable. Not only do we have to guide others, but we have to let others build us up as well. We need to embrace immaturity as a means of accepting opportunities for growth. But we don't need to be satisfied with it. Satisfied with immaturity. It's not all we're seeking. It's not the end game. It's not where we want to be. But we need to embrace that as part of the process. Another way we can prepare ourselves to be spiritually mature is to grow in our spiritual disciplines. Bible reading, prayer. How can we expect to grow in relationship and in the knowledge of God if we're not spending time with him in prayer and we're not reading his word? You need to equip yourself. No one else can do this for you. You need to equip yourself so that you can be a useful part of the body, a useful brother and sister. It's no good me coming to someone and saying, you know, you've really got this glaring area of immaturity in your life. Let's go and have a coffee. And we sit down and talk about the football. (laughs) I need to equip myself so that I can point people towards God and to his word. I'd encourage you again, we talk about it often about our Bible reading plan. Now, I'm not... um, I think I've got quite a few days that I've missed, but I'm pretty up to date recently. And I was reading through Chronicles, right? And, you know, you get through the lists of the Levites and the clans, and you think, what is all this for? But do you know what stood out to me? As we got through to the end of Chronicles and into Second Chronicles, it was talking about uh, David and Solomon and getting ready to build the temple and moving the ark. You know what they did? Every time they wanted to do something, they went to the Lord. Lord, how would you like us to build this? How would you like us to move the ark? How would you like us to prepare those who are going to attend the ark and attend the temple? Every step of the way, they asked the Lord. So, if you're not reading your Bible and you're not praying, you need to. If you want to be spiritually mature, you need to grow in your spiritual discipline. And when we talk about prayer, obviously, it's us in our relationship with the Lord. But prayer can also be an encouragement, can't it? 
How great was it this morning to see people lined up to pray? I can tell you, some Sundays I've led and we've opened up the microphones and we've had to open the doors to let the tumbleweed roll through. (laughs) It's not very encouraging. It's discouraging. But in the same way, whether it's in the context of catching up with someone for a coffee or part of your small group or corporately like we have here, praying, leading others in prayer is a great encouragement. So your ability to do that your willingness to do that is the effect of you being mature. If you've been in church a long time and you don't like praying out loud, it's time to grow up. Amen. It's time to pull on the pants and say, look, I need, to, I need to do this. If you don't like reading your Bible, um, you need to start. If you don't like reading out loud, too bad. You need to start. The encouragement to see someone who is young in the faith or not far along their journey standing up and reading from God's word. Isn't that amazing? These are the things we need to do and we need to grow in so that we can be equipped. Not only so we can encourage the body, but so that we can be equipped to lead the body to maturity in those one-on-one situations. Another thing we can do to gain maturity is to bear with one another and build up one another in love. Now, there are two words there that really stand out to me, bear and love. Bearing with one another is not putting up with one another. Sometimes we think that, don't we? It's like, oh, I'll bear with Lauren again. Sorry, you looked at me, so you got caught. (laughs) Yeah, so do I. But bearing with one another is not just putting up with one another. It's picking up the slack. It's taking on some of the load and encouraging one another through acts of service. I once saw a, um, a meme, which I'm not a massive fan of, but this one stuck with me. Be kind to everyone, because everyone's fighting a battle you know nothing about. We live in a relationship whether we like it or not. It might be close, It might be far, but the people you pass in the street, the people who are in front of you at the checkout, uh, the people who sit next to you on the bus, be kind to everyone because everyone's fighting a battle you know nothing about. And that battle we're talking about is the load. What's that look like for us, the load? It could be relationships, parents, kids. It could be grief, loss or extreme pain. It could be having no work, or it could be having too much work. It could be sickness or illness, addiction or abuse. These are the areas of life that we all deal with each and every day. And what we're called to do is to bear with one another in that, to love one another, 
How do we do that? Like Kendall mentioned this morning. Thanks, mate. We need to give up self and give up comfort. If you can't or don't want to do this, this is an area you need to submit to God if you genuinely want to grow in your spiritual maturity. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26 and 27 says, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you are wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak to shame the strong. We are called to be with one another. And it's not because we are perfect and we've got it all together. Like we heard with John and Janet last week, They felt like they had so many inadequacies. They had so many fears, and they still do. Yet, God didn't call us because we were perfect. He called us, even though we weren't wise. We weren't noble. We weren't powerful. But God called us. And reflecting on that, we don't come to one another to bear with one another in love with a sense of superiority. But we must come with a real sense of humility. Isn't that a great demonstration of love? No matter what you're going through, I want to be there with you. I can give up what I've got going on so that I can stand beside you and help bear the load. We need to recognise our own position before God, knowing that we aren't wise, powerful, noble. We're nowhere close to perfect, but God wants to use us. And this is how, a practical way, as we stand beside one another, bearing with one another in love. And the last way I think we can develop maturity is you being a gift to your church family. Verse 3 in the passage we read, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. In verse 13, until we attain to the unity of the faith. God's called us to be together, to be unified. Now, God didn't give the church magical gifts to obtain maturity. There was nothing to chase, build or find. There was no book of secrets, no red or blue pill that we could take. And certainly no infinity stone to collect, to do what we need to do. God didn't give us things to chase after. He gave the church people. Reading in verse 11, And he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. There's nothing we need to go out and find or chase because God gave the gift. God gave the gifts to the church in you. You are the gift. He has gifted you to be part of the body. Now, God didn't call us to be comfortable. He called us to be part of something, the body of Christ, and to contribute to it. Not comfortable, contribute. Now, if you're not stretched... If you're not uncomfortable, it probably means that you're not growing. 
if you're comfortable in your core group or your small group or your social group, and it's always the same, the same people doing the same things, you might not be growing. If you're comfortable in your church attendance because you can come every week and go home, that doesn't mean you're growing. Last time I checked, these chairs didn't need you to keep them warm. They're quite able to stand on their own four feet. If you're comfortable participating at the level you are at the moment, maybe you're not growing. God didn't call us to be comfortable. He called us to step out of our comfort zone and serve the body with the gifts that he has given us. So if you're not doing that, now's the time to start. Now's the time to start. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I don't know what Tim's feeling like today, playing the guitar with a sore finger. Doesn't feel quite right, does it? I'm only imagining, but I'm pretty sure it feels pretty awkward. Or if you've got a busted shoulder and you walk around carrying your arm around, what does that do to the effectiveness of the body? Nearly, you know, one injury, one part of the body not working properly can nearly wipe out the whole thing, can't it? The effectiveness of the whole body. The body needs each part to be working properly. And if you're here today, you're part of that body, so you need to be working properly, contributing to building the body up in love. Now, this body of believers, when I say this, us, gathered together here at Raymond Terrace, we should never be a place where new members or new believers find it hard to be grafted into the body. What if someone was here six weeks or six months or six years and they felt like they weren't connected past a high or a welcome on Sunday morning? I think we do that quite well. We're very good at high and welcome. Come on in. What we need to be better at is grafting new members into our body so that we can work together, we can build one another up, we can bear with one another in love and we can be effective. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. And an absolute condemnation of our own spiritual maturity if that was the case. If we had people that had been here six weeks, six months or six years and didn't feel connected, didn't feel part of the body, that's on us. Now, no one else can grow for you. Pastoral team can't pray for you and sign off on a piece of paper and suddenly you're spiritually mature. Can't even do it for ourselves, for goodness sake. <laughs> no one else can grow for you. This is a personal responsibility that you have to take on. But we also have a responsibility to encourage and support one another in that. Now, if you've been a Christian, you might have been a Christian for 30 minutes. It might be your first day today. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Good. If you're a new Christian, there's room for you to grow. Yeah. We want this to be a place that you can grow. 
But if you've been a Christian for 30 years, let me tell you, there's still room to grow. And we want this to be a place where you can continue to grow. These responsibilities, they're for all of us. Don't don't sit there today thinking, yeah, that's right. I've got this big long list of stuff that I need help with. And I need people to come and help me with this and this and this. We're all called to be part of this, part of the solution. If you're keeping a ledger of what you've given and what you've received... You've missed the point and you're doing it wrong. And this is the most important thing. I'm going to finish with this. We can't build one another up and grow one another in maturity outside of relationship. This message isn't your free pastor look around the room and start tallying up everybody's shortcomings and going and hitting them over the head with the list after the service. But it's in relationship as a contributing part of a functioning body that we build unity of faith. We build trust with each other and we fulfill our purpose and vision. Being a body of believers that makes, matures and multiplies disciples. It's my encouragement to you today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you that you've called each of us as imperfect as we are to be grafted into the body of Christ. We just pray that as you work in each and every one of us, that you would help us see areas in our own lives that need to improve and need to change. And Father, give us the grace to accept the input of others who love us, who come alongside us, And so here's an area I think you can grow. Can I walk with you in that? We want to be a body of believers, Lord, that makes, matures and multiplies disciples. But to do that, we've got to be ready. We've got to do our part. So we pray today that you'd work in us so that you can work through us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.